All right. Uh, so you are hanging out. Uh huh. You're back home, Dupo, Illinois. Oh man, <laughs> where the birds fly free. Is that a new thing that they're saying? That's yeah. That's the new slogan of the town. They had a contest. They had a contest, and what yeah. won was where the birds fly free. So what happened was. Um, People, there were the, the people of uh, the good people of Dupo, Illinois, uh, were like, we, you know, we need a new slogan because the old slogan is just not cutting it anymore. What was the old one? Just go ahead and fart. Well, yeah, that's so much more appropriate than when the birds fly free. So what happened was they were like, you know what? They uh, made this a. Uh, a long time ago, it doesn't really work in contemporary society. So we're going to have a contest yeah. uh, to have a new town or town slogan. Okay. And what happened was there is this local uh, radio show there. Yeah. Uh, in, called, in Dupo? Yeah. They had a radio station in Dupo? Yep. The so new, this got... It's pretty new? Yeah. They uh, recently... Yeah, they built it about uh, one year ago. Whoa. What kind no of music? No one... No one knows like who built it. Just one day it was just there and people were like, all right. So they just started using it. What kind of station is it? Um, they play mostly like, you know, uh, contemporary uh, rock. You know what I mean? They have like a morning show that does like, you know, wacky bits and stuff like that. But yeah. they also play music. What's the station called? Uh, 97.69. Yeah, we said it. That's their slogan. That's what's the station? What's the station called? It's called um, Just Dupo It. Ooh, Pat. <laughs> oh man! So there was this. Uh, <laughs> they play like I said. So they have like a like a like a morning show. They also have like, but like you know, they have like like DJs and stuff. Yeah. They mostly play music and um. Every night at uh, 11.59, uh, they play... No one really knows what's up with this. They, they just play the sound of a, a woman screaming for a full minute till it's midnight, and then just cuts off. It's a different person every single night. Wow. That's kind of a funny bit. Yeah. You think is so? That, you think is so? that how it's like... It's like... Just somebody screaming? Yeah, and when you play it backwards, if you record and play it backwards, you just hear... Uh, down with Babylon over and okay, over again. That's, that's weird. That's strange, Pat. So um, what happened was there was this morning show. Uh, they're called Hot Beans in the Morning. No way. And they uh, what happens is there is this uh, guy. His name is Beans. He's like the, 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 the leader of the show. Main man. And there's yeah. And there's like this guy on the staff, uh, Herc Wisdom, who uh, he like he works for them, but all he does is he just does prank phone calls to uh, hot beans in the morning all day long. Yeah. And just like tricks the shit out of them constantly. And yeah. beans gets so worked up about this. Yeah. People don't like to be pranked, Pat. Like, like, like one time, uh, they call him cool Herc, uh, Herc, AKA Herc wisdom. Uh, he called him up one morning, uh, because the topic they were discussing was, um, Where'd you find your keys this morning? That's like a, a recurring bit on the show where uh, people who can't find their keys, like just look around. And once they find them, they call into hot beans in the morning and like tell them. So it'll be like, I found them in my uh, in the, the candy drawer. And everyone would just like start laughing and be like, what are they doing in there? 
one guy is somebody like, has, uh, somebody has a, a can, you say a candy drawer. Yeah, a drawer filled with <laughs> That's where they found their keys? In the candy drawer. Yeah, not a jar. An entire drawer filled. <laughs> that's the first place I'm looking because that's the last place I was. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... Yeah. Well, well wh- one guy, uh, when he called in for, where'd you find your keys this morning? And he was like, he was like, I found them in the stomach of my wife's cat. And they're like, they all just laugh. And they're like, how did they get in there? And he's like, maybe he ate it. And they all just laugh and stuff. <sighs> So anyway, they uh, as a bit they did this thing uh, where it's like they have a um, a cat. You know how like uh, some radio shows have like you know a lot of them are like inside jokes or like yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, certain phrases that they say or whatever. Uh, hot beans in the morning. They have a, a phrase. Uh, it's called the phrase that pays. Uh, if you call and say that phrase, you're entered into like a lottery to win like you know a prize or something like that. Yeah, tickets or something. Yeah, the fr- the phrase is. Uh, don't butter my butt unless you're going to put it in the oven. No one remembers where it came. It was just like this like obscure joke someone made like 10 years ago on the program. So it's just kind of become their like their go-to catchphrase, you know? Somebody's trying to pull a fast one and somebody says, don't butter my buns unless you're going to put them in the oven. Yeah. And they just lock on it. That's the new, that's the catchphrase. Yeah. And so what they do is they get everyone to like, write in that yeah that's what they wanted to do the new slogan but uh like the people who were running the pro like the people who would like the city was running the competition and they're like oh god damn it and they get like really upset yeah and basically if you uh if you write in with that uh not only does your um vote not count but um your address is published in the newspaper so oh, like I was like so they get like the, yeah they're not fucking around with this anymore dude so basically what happened was but they people kept doing it like after a while they were like fuck it like put our our, uh, our you know address in the, in the newspaper and like they end up putting like almost everyone in town's address like they like one of the newspapers is just everyone's address like there's no content inside it hmm. because so many people think it's such a funny phrase that they like wrote in with it and they just they just the city just doxes all of its residents. Yeah, but if everybody cares, who gives a shit? I know, like Dupo's a town where like nobody would fucking care. Whatever, you know my address. I live two streets over from you. That's what we I'm saying. Do. Yeah, nobody would so, give a shit. Yeah, the, the newspaper. Uh, it's it was recently uh, bought out by this like big city guy from Chicago. He doesn't understand your small town ways. Brett Danger. Ugh. The, the newspaper his, man, Brett Danger. Yeah. He made his uh, fortune. He's like a billionaire. He made his fortune doing dares. Well, what happened is like people would be like, I dare you to jump off the Empire State Building with with no like parachute. And like he did it, dude. And like he'll he'll do pretty much any dare you do. And he's he wins them all. So how like, much did guy, he win for the parachute thing? Uh, that was uh, two million dollars. Whoa. How did he yeah. survive that? I, you'd have to ask him. I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm just telling you what happens. So, um, so anyway, so uh, yeah, this guy's from like the big city. He doesn't really get your small town. You know what I mean? Like he, um, he, he put in this new thing in the newspaper called uh, every week. It's called uh, Jazzercise. And what it is is it's you know people writing about the best jazz spots in town, but there's only like one. So also, just, like Jazzercise is like a registered trademark, Pat. 
You can't just do that. You can't just put jazzercise in a fucking paper. You know what I mean? You couldn't. Yeah, but this guy doesn't give a fuck, dude. Like he'll just keep doing it, keep suing him. He's got billions of. He's got billions of dollars, dude. He's, he's like basically his whole attitude in like a meeting with everybody where they were like, "Why are you still using that? You're getting sued." He just goes like, "Listen, guys." Yeah, this might take away a couple mil, but I am one dare away from a comeback, baby, every time. This guy drinks so much coffee, and he smokes so many cigarettes. It's, like, really intense. So, anyway, so what happened was um, only one person in town voted for the where the birds fly free. Uh, his name is uh, Ryan Cornwall. And so uh, that's like the new slogan. And people are like, after they kind of calm down, they're like, yeah, you know what? That butt thing would have been really kind of dumb. So people were like, okay with it, you know? Yeah. There was, there was some controversy. Yeah. Hot Beans actually took the uh, mayor hostage. Jesus. Live on the air. Yeah, he's no longer on the air there. It was, it was a whole incident. Yeah, it's so, a fucking crime. So where the birds fly free, that's where you find yourself. And um, you're hanging, you know, and uh, a lot of your friends in town that you grew up with, a lot of them have like children now and stuff like that. And um, you so you've kind of been you've been back in a while. So you're kind of like, you know, meeting a bunch of uh, a bunch of these guys and stuff they haven't seen in, in, in forever. You're meeting their kids. And um, it's been pretty fun, man. It's it's one of these things where like a couple of your close friends, like they were like you guys had a crew when you were uh, in high school called the uh, the not so fresh crew. Um, and a so you guys nickname for a crew. You just thought it was funny, like it doesn't really reflect on you. But you guys are were the not so fresh crew. Great. Who else was in it? It was you, um, this guy uh, Rod Peppermint. Uh, there was this other dude, uh, just known as Bluto and, uh, Rod, Pepper, Rod Peppermint and Bluto and Bluto. And then, uh, the third member of your crew was this, uh, this, this lady actually kind of a tomboy, but like she was cool, man. You know, sure. um, her name is, uh, Countess Fontaine. And uh, in high school, she was like a bit of a tomboy, but she grew into a great beauty. Sure. And so you decide to to hang out. Countess Fontaine. Whatever (laughs) fucking magical life she's living. I'm not going to lie, man. It's been pretty sweet. You mean to tell me she's better off than Rod Peppermint? Much better. Rod Peppermint uh, works uh, in a, uh, a store that just makes caramel all day long. Oh, no, Rod. Yeah. Bluto With the last is, name of Peppermint. Yeah. Let's slap Blue, in the fucking face. Bluto is a stay-at-home dad. He loves it. And so you actually end up visiting like all of them. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the last person uh, that uh, you end up going to is, is Bluto's place, actually. And uh, it's around Christmas time. And so uh, you're hanging out there talking to him and um, you meet uh, his uh, daughter. Her name is uh, Amy. Amy. Yeah. They don't have a last name. <laughs> okay, they don't. They don't. None of them do. 
Bluto like was raised in a by kind of like a strange family. They didn't believe in last names. They barely believed in first names. That's why his name's Bluto. So how do they navigate the real world with no last name? It is with great difficulty. Yeah, it sounds it sounds rough. So Amy, who is how old? Um, she is five. Okay, so she's old enough to like have a conversation with and understand yeah, who man. I am and in her dad's life. Yeah, man, and like she's like. At first, she's a little shy, you know, how kids sure. are. But then, like, she really takes to you and, like, starts showing you, um, you know, showing you around the house and stuff like that. Show, and she's like, her big thing is arts and crafts. Uh, like, 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 Bluto's like, yeah, show Uncle Aaron your, your arts and crafts, Amy. And she's like, yes, sir, Bluto. Uh, and so they go into, uh, you go into, like, uh, the living room. Yeah. Uh, and you guys, like, uh, the mom is in, uh, is in there, Bluto's wife. Uh, her name before she got married was Stephanie Jones. Yeah. But then w- when she didn't take Bluto's, she took Bluto's non-last name. So yeah. now it's just like, she's good by Steph. She's a little weirded out by it at first, but now it doesn't even, she doesn't even think about it. Yeah. She's watching TV and she's like, oh yeah, you should show them your, uh, your arts, she says. And so, um, She's, uh, she's like, yeah, look at this. It's Uncle Aaron. And she shows you this thing she made. It's like this like uh, gigantic gingerbread. It's not even gingerbread house. It's yeah. a gingerbread castle. Okay. And so you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then uh, you hear from the next room, Bluto being like, um, uh, you know, all right, ladies, uh, dinner is uh, about to be ready. Um, do you mind, you know, help me set the table? And like you all stand up and they, and, and they go like, no, Aaron, you're, you're a guest. We'll take care of this. Uh, and you go, huh, all right, but uh, how about this? You set the food, I'll eat the food. And they all start laughing. Oh, man. Amy, Steph, and Bluto. You've been knocking them dead all night, dude. So um, you kind of sit back down, and suddenly you hear, like, uh, hey, Aaron. <sighs> Son of a bitch. And you kind of go, what the hell? And you kind of, like, look over, and... Uh, the uh, gingerbread uh, castle has like a window, several windows. You know what I mean? You can see the inside, and like they've like really done it up, dude. Like there's like a a, a hot tub inside the castle. Uh, Is a hot there? Tub. Yeah, and it's like a, a hole, but like there's like uh, candy canes around them. Like the water yeah. is actually like like they actually have a button they can push to like make the bubbles come up and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a a throne, uh, and it's just. Uh, made out of like Snickers bars and stuff. And it looks incredible uh, inside this gingerbread castle. And uh, standing there is this like, it's the craziest thing because it looks like a gingerbread man standing there. And you kind of like blink. And suddenly the gingerbread has like long stringy hair, clearly made up of like, uh, like Twizzlers. You know what I mean? It's red. Yeah. And it goes, uh, Hi, Aaron. I'm Ginny Ginger. <laughs> and you look at it and you go like, what the fuck? And like suddenly like you notice like now it has like eyes made out of like M&Ms and a big smile made out of like, uh, uh, what are those called? Uh, like wax fucking, lips? Yeah, but like it's a uh, black licorice. Oh. And it like extends like way beyond the frame of the. Uh, yeah. His face. And she, and, and, yeah, and she goes, um, and she just kind of like looks at you, and she goes, uh, you'll be seeing me again real soon, Aaron. And that's who? 
Ginny Ginger. Ginny Ginger. G, G like G I N N Y Ginger. Yeah. She just popped in to say hi and let me know that I'll be seeing her soon. I guess so. And like you're kind of looking at her and like you blank and now it's like she's turned back into like a regular. That's fucking horrifying. Yeah. And then it's the damnedest thing. Suddenly you hear a Aaron, 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 Aaron. And you go, what? And you look up and um, his wife had been watching this football game on TV. And you're kind of like looking at it and um, you would kind of been half paying attention to it. You kind of forgot about it. Who's playing? um, It is the Washington Redskins versus the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. And so, um, but what's weird is that everyone has kind of stopped playing. Like, it's just focused right now, the camera, on uh, this guy. This, uh, he's actually like a, a referee uh-huh. for, the, for the game. Uh, and his upper body, he is fucking jacked, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've never seen someone with this jacked an appearance before in your fucking life. He has a gigantic whistle around his neck. Yeah. And he goes, uh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. And you kind of like do the thing where you go, what? And you kind of like rub your eyes and stuff. And this time, uh, all the the players are just kind of like patiently waiting for the game to start. They're kind of like looking out the uh, TV screen at you almost. And then uh, this guy, it is insane. You've never seen something like this before. It actually like... The buff referee like steps through the uh, the screen, uh-huh. kind of like lands down on the ground, and this guy's even more jacked in person, dude. You can't real believe cut, it. dude. Like this guy is like cut from diamonds that know how to hurt. <laughs> and he goes, uh, "Aaron, I am the buff referee, Calvin Moreway." The gods have granted me the ability to change the rules. You can either have the skill of 10 clowns or be the best saxophone player in North America. You decide. Have the skill of 10 clowns. What does that mean? He goes, you decide. But there's no context there. Like, are we talking about the the clown skills of 10 clowns? Or, like, do I get the skills of the humans who are the clowns? I mean, you know, I would probably guess the first part, but you're kind of sitting there thinking, and Calvin Morway, the buff referee, like, lifts that giant fucking whistle to his mouth, and he blows into it. And you've never been the most religious person, but... It sounds like the voice of God. Like you're, you're, you like fall over onto the couch. When you've recovered, he goes, you decide. Those players are still looking at you. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the saxophone thing. It lends naturally. I mean, imagine if I was telling stand up and I just happened to be the best saxophone player in North America. Right. In the fucking continent. I'm the best saxophone player yeah. in North America. And I, so, at minimum, I have a recording career. You know what I mean? Right. 
He goes, the other thing. Yeah. No. Too much ambiguity. He goes, um, you have chosen to be the best saxophone player in North America. He brings that whistles to his lips again and just you don't need blows. Again. And again, it's like for a second, you're just like pressed against the wall. Like you literally cannot move. Yeah. And then he stops and you kind of like fall back down to like the couch. Yeah. You break it a little bit. Great. Well, this is my friend's home. Now I have to look at my friend and his wife and his daughter and just say, hey, guys, I finally did it. I broke your couch. So you kind of like think that uh, and he kind of like steps back through the TV screen and then the game just starts again like nothing. Happened. Are you fucking kidding me? I break the couch. It's humiliating. And it's then a hear, fucking couch. How many times? You, have, how many couches have you broken in your life? Me? Um, I don't. I don't think any. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they're hard to fucking break. Sure, but you find a way. So from the, from yeah, the kitchen, fuck you. Hear, you. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I find a way. I didn't do a fucking dive bomb off the coffee table, Pat. I just sat down. Well, you were like lifted in the air. You're pressed against the the wall. And I just sit down, I just fall in into the couch and break this couch. How fucked yeah. up is it? Well, are they going to um, notice? They'll notice eventually, probably. So yeah, you hear from the next room, Bluto, Yella, dinner's ready. So yeah. you go in, um, you sit down, and you actually tell them, you immediately sit, you sit down, you immediately go, look, guys. I don't think I, I tell bro- them. Yeah. I think I would be too embarrassed to tell them and then have to eat dinner. Sure. With that, I, I don't so, think I would tell them right away for sure. That whole dinner, I'm contemplating whether or not I'm telling them at all. Sure. So you sit down and uh, with the, with Bluto and his family, and uh, you have like a lovely dinner and stuff. He, what's uh, what's he, he make? He made a spaghetti with uh, meatballs. Uh, the meatballs uh, contain bison meat in it. Okay. It tastes incredible dude sure uh you have a great you have a great uh, evening with them you actually kind of forget about the whole couch thing yeah uh, you, you leave like you drive back uh you're, you're staying at uh your, your mom's place for christmas or whatever sure and halfway home you're like oh fuck i broke that guy's couch and you're like oh and you, and you kind of think to yourself like uh-oh and so um i think i would text him what would you say i would text him and say hey man uh i don't know how to say this I want to tell you sooner, but I was really embarrassed. I want to tell you privately, but I, I broke your couch when I sat on it. I'm really sorry. Um, I had such a good time at dinner. It slipped my mind until just now. Like, Let me know what I can do to, to make this right. Love you. You sent it to him. Uh, he doesn't reply for a few days uh, because uh, after you left, he went to sit on the couch and like, got injured so he's in the hospital so, are you fucking, what do you mean he got injured pat it's it's just they don't really go into detail but so he doesn't respond for a few days so he's a couch related injury that's what yeah. you're telling me i mean that's what yeah and that's what it's looking like so you uh so you uh go to like a uh the local music store that's what it's called it's called dupo's local music store you are grossly overestimating the amount of commerce that happens in dupo 
<laughs> they got gas yeah. stations and bars. Well, this place is actually it's a music uh, store and a gas station. <laughs> okay, now okay. Yeah. Where they they sell like a couple instruments in the back. Yeah. So basically, like they have, uh, you know, beer and wine and different stuff that, uh, you know, that gas stations have. They have gas, uh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but they also like, you know, they they rent out uh, music and you know musical instruments and they have other rental? stuff like that. What? Rental? It's a rental. Yeah, it's a music rental place. But like they have a program where if you like rent it for like a year, then you can buy it at like a, you know, discounted price or whatever. So like, yeah, I'll just go in and rent it. Um, so you, you go and rent a, a saxophone from there. You see what? the dude working behind uh, the counter. Uh, he has a, uh, a name tag just says like a uh, gelb. And he's like, uh, all right, well, thank you, mister, for doing business. And you go, thank you, sir. For some reason, like you're compelled to wink at him. He winks right back. All right. That's weird. You go outside and you're like, I wonder what this is going to sound like. I wonder like, because you've never played saxophone before. But now you have these incredible abilities from the buff referee. Is this like a tenor sax, alto sax, berry sax? It's a a new kind of sax that can switch between all three. (laughs) Are you fucking... Pat, have you seen a saxophone? It's a uh, it's it's uh, a new type. It's they, they, they uh, it's it's made by this uh, French company and they call it the Menage a Trois. Oh no! <laughs> so anyway, so you just kind of like pop the read in or whatever. You select uh, w- which one would you select to start off on? I mean, we're starting out. Yeah. <sighs> Let's go with the alto. You select alto. You bring that saxophone to your lips. And you just start blowing. And brother, it is, you sound incredible. Like cars are stopping. Like people are like pulling into the parking lot of the, uh, of the gas station slash music center. And they're like, uh, people like listening and stuff like that. Like like what, what one guy just like, he takes his own hat off and puts it down and like puts money into it. And uh, you just kind of sit there. It's almost like you're hypnotized by the music, dude. And you play for about a half hour. Yeah. And uh, when you open your eyes, there's a huge crowd in front of you. You have like $400 in in that guy's hat, man. Yeah. So you start like you end up going back to uh, California and back to LA after Christmas. And uh, you start like, gigging around playing saxophone yeah and man it is you pick up a following immediately yeah why it's pretty because you're just so people are like he is changing like someone writes an article about you in the la times this guy um peter hose in france he uh is like interviewing you or whatever yeah and uh He's basically like he writes an article and it's called Aaron Brooks is changing everything we thought we knew about the saxophone. All right. So you're like you're doing stuff with the sax that people didn't think was even possible. Okay. Like you do this thing where it's like. Have you ever seen this thing where like solo guitarists will like 
be finger picking, but they'll constantly on the offbeat hit the guitar. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a beat, like doom, 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 You can do that on saxophone. Like you can play a melody and at the same time have like a beat behind you. I'm the Michael Hutchins of saxophone, dude. So I'm not gonna die in disgrace. So you are like. <laughs> You were like killing it on this sax, man. You start a, uh, you start this uh, jazz group. Uh, it's it's called uh, the Aaron Brooks Trio, featuring Aaron Brooks, which is like a little joke. Like what what you do also when you play is like in between songs, like you don't do like your act necessarily, but you just kind of talk to like the crowd and stuff, and you're funny to them. People like sometimes you'll tell like a story or two in between, so you kind of become this like local kind of it's it's like what like when you go to la you have to go see aaron brooks play sax you have like a, a weekly residency um at this bar called uh it's called cocaine and beer the bar is called cocaine and beer yeah it's the, the name was from uh the when cocaine was like legal in this country and they just never yeah. bothered changing the name like it's from a very right. long time ago sure uh, they actually made like a historical landmark. Like no one can change the name or do anything about it, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so you're there and uh, you're playing and you're playing your heart out, man. Like things are going like the, the, this song is like going crowd. You're playing a, a jazz song uh, called uh, what's that song called? It's called So What by Miles Davis. You know okay. Song? I probably know it if I heard it. You're like, but da 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 but you're playing every single part you have like a loop like a loop uh machine yeah, yeah so you actually play the bass part on the baritone sax and your menage a trois sax <laughs> uh even though sometimes as a joke you call it the menage a trois saxophone and people Ugh. don't like it yeah why would uh, they pass <laughs> why why would they so you start off playing the bass part on that, you know what I mean? And yeah. then you start playing the melody, soloing over it, playing a, like a fake guitar part on your soprano sax. Like, it's a whole thing, man. And you're just bringing down the house. When suddenly someone kicks the door open. Great. In walks a man. He, he's wearing like a, like a dark suit, he, uh, except the suit has like the sleeves kind of like cut you know he has like a like a red uh a mohawk uh-huh and 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 over his um heart is a blue l but like yeah. in the background of that l it's like the union jack you know what i mean this guy goes <sighs> this guy goes oi my name's eddie english he's got a terrible english accent yeah it almost sounds like it's an american trying to do an a bad english accent well, trying their hardest, but but not but clearly not succeeding. He goes, "Oi, I hear you think you're the best on the saxophone, mate." No, I didn't say that. I've never said that. I said I'm the best in in North America. I'm the best saxophone player in North America. He goes, he goes, "All right, well, so always then." And he like holds up like an ad for your weekly uh, uh, residency, and it says Aaron Brooks. The best sax player, dot, 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 in the world. Let's say you have to take it up with whoever put that advertisement out. He, go, he, he goes, oi, aluminium, I'm knackered, mate. 
R. Oh, man. So basically, uh, he challenges you to a saxophone, international saxophone competition. Fuck off. Every single continent is being uh, represented. Even Antarctica. he can get the fuck out of my house. He kicked my door in. No, but you're you're at the you're at you're at the uh, cocaine and beer. Well, then he needs to leave. He just kicked the door in. Yeah, but you know it's L.A., baby. But that just doesn't. You just don't go around kicking fucking doors in. I guess he wanted to make a dramatic entrance. Well, he just committed like. A crime against this venue that I have like a residency in. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, meet me here tomorrow at four o'clock, mate. You need to bring somebody to fix this fucking door, Eddie. He just walks right out. I'm not a fuck him. I'm not doing it. And so he has no respect for the building. He's got no respect for me. No, I I would tell the owners of the building exactly what happened and say, hey, you need to watch your security camera because this guy just fucked up your door. So you talk to the uh, the owner, he's the, the, the manager and owner of CNB, and uh, you tell him what, what's going on, and he's like, he looks at you and he goes like, oh man, he goes, Aaron, you have to do this. He goes, that guy came into the owner of Cocaine is Beer, Cocaine and Beer. It's uh, this guy named uh, Teddy Rumple, and he's like, he goes, they came into my business and they disrespected my country. He goes, Aaron. You have to do this. He's like, his eyes are tearing up. What do I get out of this? He looks at you and he goes, Aaron, if you win tomorrow against the international sax players, he goes, if you win, I'll make you a part owner of cocaine and beer. What What happens if I lose? What happens if I don't win? He's like, then you'll never play a gig here again. At cocaine and beer. Yeah. What happens if I don't play? He just, like, the thought didn't even occur to him. He's like, I don't, I don't know. He goes, then I guess North America goes down in flames. The tears continue to drop. Fuck this guy. You know what I mean? Why is everybody being such a fucking asshole? I'm I'm a very good saxophone player. Do I know if I'm the best in the world? I don't know that. But wouldn't I'm, you be curious to find out? Yeah, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have somebody threaten my residency against me. No, fuck him. So fuck you, him. Fuck yeah. any English. So you you kind of like storm out and uh, you just like go home and stuff. And as soon as you get into your car, you're like you were thinking of all the different clubs in L.A. You you pick like the the hottest spot in the city. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's called the hot spot, and uh, it's like this like bar and grill, you know what I mean? But it is like legendary. Yeah. And so you call the hot spot, and like immediately, and you talk to like the, the like the manager there, and and you're like, yeah, I think I just got fired from my gig. And he was like, what? And he goes, Aaron, we can have you here tomorrow. He's like, let's forget all that. Great. He's like, he wanted, and like, you tell him the whole story, and he's like, he, because like, you've known this guy, you know what I mean? You've seen him around and stuff. Yeah. And, and, and he's, he's like, you, you want, he wanted you to enter a saxophone competition? Yeah. And he was like, very insistent on it. He goes, and like, that is fucking weird. And also, like, like, threaten my residency and like all the hard work I've done. Like, no. He's like, fuck that. He goes, Aaron, come in tomorrow afternoon. Great. We'll go ahead and talk and we'll, we'll figure out something that's fair for both of us. How about that? That's great. It's all I want. He goes, all right, thanks, man. And like, you hang up and stuff. And you go home that night and you're thinking to yourself, like, 
what a dumb thing. Like, like you're like, I would have been like involved in this stupid, stupid fucking thing. Yeah. And you, you take out your sacks just to like, you know, you, you, you like to wail a little bit before you go to bed. Yeah, man. So, so you, you pull out your sacks and you start playing and it's almost like you go into a trance. Like that's how intense this session is. Uh, it actually gets so intense that you open a, a portal to another dimension and uh, these fire beings come out and kill yeah, you immediately. Great. Yeah. Great. Great. They stab you with their fire blades and then uh, set your uh, L.A. apartment on fire. Fuck you. The next day, uh, the saxophone competition goes down and like it's actually won by this guy from Australia, which no one saw coming. I don't give a shit, to be honest with you, Pat. But then the fire demons destroy the whole world. So great. About two minutes after the competition's done. Good riddance. I was long dead. Everyone dies burning. That's great. Are you happy? I'm done. Who knows when Ginny Ginger will pop up again, though? Fuck her. She's useless. Didn't do anything. It's just a preview. <laughs> <laughs>